Welcome to the 12 Tribes of Israel congregation. Visit us at our websites, wiseisrael.com, 12tribes.net, or 12t.co. You can also reach us at our toll-free number, which is 888-447-1695, or email us at scribe at wiseisrael.com. Shalom, brothers and sisters. We're back with another episode of Renewing Our Days as of Old. It's been a while, but a few days from now, people are going to be celebrating what they think is a Christian holiday, which is called St. Valentine's. Now, they don't think that it's a Christian holiday because it's in the Bible. The reason they believe this, it might be for many reasons. It might be the word saint, right? It might be the history that they were told, like, that some guy by the name of Valentine was marrying people secretly under the Roman Empire. Because of that, he is honored because of love and marriage. Another reason why, and this is the actual real reason why people think it is a Christian holiday, it is because this day was established by the Roman Catholic Church. This day was a day that the Roman Catholic Church took upon themselves to make, yet it's not in the Bible, and the reason for it is something that is obscure, which we're going to reveal through the Spirit of the Most High why they created this day. Is the Roman Catholic Church really a Christian religion? First of all, the Bible does not deal with religions. This book belongs to the children of Israel. This book is the book of the Israelites, the Jews, according to the Bible. Jesus Christ was not a Roman. That's a big red flag for us. Because here it is that the Roman Empire had Christianity, meaning the beliefs of the Israelites, the beliefs of the Jews, as something illegal for hundreds of years. It wasn't until 300 to 400 years after Christ that they stopped persecuting, killing disciples apostles, believers. So when we're talking about a Roman Catholic church, we're not talking about those that established Christianity as Christ and his apostles. We're talking about people that came way, way, way after. And if we listen to like the apostles that wrote the scriptures, we should take heed to their warning. Because the Bible does speak about the Roman Catholic church, not in name, but in prophecy. Today's topic, obviously, is not about proving who the Roman Catholic Church is in the scriptures, but it's good to look into the history, especially like someone like Paul that traveled through the Roman Empire, how the Roman Empire was with the believers of Christ, and what he said to us about the future. Let's go to the book of Acts first to see how the Roman Empire treated the people of Israel, the believers of Christ. So we're going to the book of Acts, chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, and we're going to read from verse 1. It says, After these things Paul departed from Athens, which is in Greece, and came to Corinth, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy. So here we have a person that was born in Italy, which is where Rome was situated. Because that Claudius, now Claudius is a Roman emperor, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. 
and came unto them. Paul found this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, which are a great example of a married couple that are believers in Christ. They had to leave their life behind in Rome and come to Corinth because the Roman emperor, Claudius Caesar, commanded that all Jews leave Rome. Right there shows you how Rome felt about the Christians, how Rome felt about the children of Israel. So when this new religion comes up 300 or 400 years after Christ, you have to question whether they're going to have the same beliefs, the same teachings as Christ. Are they going to change Christ into something else? Because this was something that only belonged to those that the Romans treated as slaves. This is a belief that the Romans hated because the Romans believed in many gods, while the children of Israel only believed in the Heavenly Father. Let's go to see what Paul says about the future. Let's go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 to show us what Paul says about the future. And then we're going to examine a fundamental scripture that Christ taught us, which is important for us to understand, especially in this time period. It says here in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, Now the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly. Meaning this is something that was not hidden. This is something that was spoken even by Moses. The Roman Catholic Church was going to come. The Bible prophesied it way before even Christ was born. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, meaning later, and especially in the last days, that some shall depart from the faith. You're going to have people claiming to be believers, but in fact, what they did is depart from the faith, meaning they're not upholding the belief that Christ taught. They're not following the scriptures as it is written. That's why when a lot of people are confronted with the Bible and they are religious, they get offended because the Christ that they were taught is completely different from what the Bible actually says. See, the Bible is not a book of religion. This is a heritage. This is the book of the people of Israel, which are the so-called blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans. Those that have been conquered and forced to serve in slavery. When you read the Bible, it is our history book. It is our culture being written to us by our forefathers and handed down generation to generation so that we could come back to it. But instead, what our people do? Our people follow religion, what has been invented by man, traditions of man, instead of the teachings of Christ. Think about it. Christ is not a Roman. Christ is a Jew. He's an Israelite. So let's look at what he said. Let's see what he taught. St. John chapter 4 and verse 22. That's what we're going to next. St. John chapter 4 and 22. It says, Ye worship, ye know not what. Now this is Christ speaking to a person in his time period. And he was telling that person that they don't know who they're worshiping. Because as long as that person did not know that they were Israel, a descendant of Israel, like imagine today a so-called black or so-called Hispanic or so-called Native American. If you tell them, yo, yo, do you know that you're Israel? They'll look at you like you're crazy. 
Like, what the hell are you talking about? When you tell them about the laws of God and the culture that they are to follow, they're like, nah, it, looks, it sounds strange. It sounds weird. It sounds foreign to me. So they really don't know about Christ. Because if they were following, let's say, the Roman Catholic Church, when you learn from the Roman Catholic Church, you don't learn how to keep the commandments, how to keep the laws. You don't learn how to follow Christ and follow his footsteps. Instead, you learn how to follow what? Whatever traditions they make up. That's why the scripture says, ye worship, ye know not what. Let's give an example. What does the Bible say about saints in comparison to what the Roman Catholic Church says about saints? Is it the same? Let's hold our spot in St. John 4.22 and let's go to the book of Psalms to see how God himself told us what a saint is. We're going to the book of Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50. In the book of Psalms chapter 50, we're going to begin at verse 5. This is God himself speaking through the prophet David. He said, gather my saints. Gather my saints. Now, according to the Roman Catholic Church, most of the time saints are people that are dead. People that they consider to have been important, holy to them, and therefore they give them the title of saint. They canonize that person. But here we're reading, gather my saints. Is it gather them in earth or gather them in heaven because they're all dead? Let's read on. Let's find out. It says, gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant. Let's stop there. Covenant is not a word that we use every day. You know, how people don't hear the word, yo, let's make a covenant between me and you. We don't use that in our language today, right? But what it means is an agreement. God made an agreement. Those that made a covenant with me by sacrifice. When you read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, God made an agreement with the children of Israel by the hand of Moses. And in that agreement, we were giving sacrifices to God of lambs, goats, bulls, etc. So far, what we're reading is that the saints are the children of Israel. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm putting that into your head. So let's read on because it's going to explain it. It's going to tell us who the saints are. It says in verse 6, And the heavens shall declare his righteousness. For God is judge himself, Salah. So we can't make our own belief system. We cannot make our own saints. God is the judge. And let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it where God is the judge and we are not. Let's see what God said. Who are his saints? It says here in verse 7, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against thee, I am God, even thy God. Remember that he said the people that made an agreement with him by sacrifice. Now he's telling you that people is the children of Israel. He's telling them, look, I'm your God, the one that you made an agreement with. Verse 8 says, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices. So who he had an agreement with? Israel. Concerning what? Sacrifices. God is the judge. He said that the whole nation of Israel, to him, are the saints. 
Is this the only scripture that say that? No. It's throughout the whole Bible, actually. Therefore, when we think about it, the way the Roman Catholic Church considers a person a saint is totally different from how God and the Bible said. Let's go to another scripture. Because, you know, there's so many, right? Might as well go to another one. Psalms 148 and verse... We're going to Psalms 148 and verse 14. Let's read what it says there. Psalms 148 and verse 14. He also exalteth that he is God. He also exalteth the horn of his people. The word horn here means the strength of his people. The strength of our people, the children of Israel, is Christ. The Heavenly Father had exalted him to be a prince to our people, to be a savior to our people, to give us repentance and forgiveness of sins. That's what God exalted him for. It says the praise of all his saints. Christ is the praise of all his saints. Who are the saints? Even of the children of Israel. Even of the children of Israel. Right there, let you know. We are the saints. The children of Israel are the saints. A people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. Ain't that something beautiful to hear? That you so-called blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, when you repent in the name of Christ and come back to your heritage, you are a saint in the eyes of the Most High. But here it is that our people are being taught about some guy called St. Valentine, which they cannot verify, which they cannot find who is or where or when he was born or when he died or whatever. This guy is mythical. We do not know if he actually existed. The Roman Catholic way of saints is not the scriptural way. Right there, you should see, oh man, there's something wrong with this holiday. Hmm. What is this holiday about? Let's go back to St. John 422. I'm holding St. John, so if I'm going a little bit too fast for you, write down these scriptures and make sure that you read along with us. Now it makes sense when Christ says, he worshiped, ye know not what. Because if St. Valentine didn't exist, then what are you worshiping? Is this day really about love? Is this day really about marriage? Or is it about something else? Ye worship, ye know not what. Now, think about this. If it was illegal for a person to be a Christian, an Israelite, a Jew, a believer of Christ and God, of one God, because the Roman culture believed in many gods, then what happened to all those people that believed in many gods? Were they like, oh yeah, the Israelite way makes sense all of a sudden. Oh man, you convinced me, yo. Yo, you deep, bro. <laughs> or where there's going to be Still, some people that were going to have a problem with the Israelite teaching. Of course, there was going to be people with a problem with accepting the belief of those that they considered to be like the slaves, like the, the lowest of the people. That's how the Romans looked at the children of Israel. How did they get so many people to accept Christianity? I'm doing this with quotes. Christianity, right? So-called Christianity. Well, it's simple. Constantine the Great became the emperor of the Roman Empire. He legalized and took away the persecution from Christianity and claimed that he became a Christian. Under him, 
the Roman Catholic Church began. There was no Peter establishing the Roman Catholic Church. Like, Catholic Church likes to teach, like, they were there in the beginning. Like, yo, Peter, Peter was the one that set us up. No. There was no Peter. Peter been gone. Peter been dead. And the Jews were not accepted at some point in Rome, like we read in the scriptures. When we got back to Rome, we stayed among ourselves, hidden in catacombs. You know what catacombs are? Those are caves where they would do their worshiping in secret because it was illegal under Rome. Christianity supposedly started under the Roman Catholic Church. We know that's false. We know that's not true. Paul already told us some are going to depart from the faith. So hold up. Can we find a Roman day that coincides with Valentine's Day? And the answer is yes. That day is called Lupercalia. And what was Lupercalia about? Lupercalia was about women seeking fertility. Women seeking, you know, to be blessed by the priests that worship false gods that were of the Greeks and Romans to get fertility by them. And the ritual was crazy because they would whip the women and they accepted it because they, that meant that they were willing to get pregnant. That whipping was like their blessing. And there was a lot of whoredom happening where guys would pick a name and, a, and that name would come out and he'll be like, okay, that's my chick for the year. The point is that the Roman Catholic Church was slick. In order for them to gain the pagans, they let them continue with their pagan holidays. To win over the pagans, the easiest way to do that is to actually allow them continue doing Lupercalia, doing their celebrations that they were accustomed to. And the only difference that you have to do is change the name and make it seem like it's a Christian holiday. But in fact, the day still continues to be what? Pagan. Because you're not changing anything about their culture. You're not changing anything about what they actually are celebrating or what they're doing or who they're worshiping. It's only the name that is changing. For example, who is a symbol of love in Valentine's? Cupid. You got songs talking about Cupid. We got cartoons about Cupid, him shooting the arrow. And when the arrow hits you, you fall in love with that woman. And that woman fall in love with you. You can't control who you love because once that arrow hits you, you under their spell, right? Christ said ye worship, ye know not what. You know why? Because Cupid is a false god of the Greek and Roman people. He's considered the god of love, the god of desire. And his mother is supposedly Venus, a goddess. So when a person is celebrating St. Valentine's and claiming to be Christian, they're not Christian at all. They don't know the Heavenly Father. They don't know the teachings of Christ. It says, he worship, you know not what? We. We who? Let's see what Christ means by we. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. What is he telling you right there? He's not Roman. He's telling you that he's a Jew, that he's an Israelite. Christ is an Israelite man from the tribe of Judah. Paul told us that in the book of Hebrews 7.14. Matter of fact, before we even get there, let's focus on this part right here. 
You want salvation? Guess who your true teachers are? The Israelites, the Jews, the 12 tribes of Israel. If you don't know who you are, how are you going to be saved? This is why it's so important to know your history. Know who you are. You're doubting that the blacks, the Hispanics, the Native Americans are the Jews? Well, how about you give us a call? We gave you our contact information in the beginning. We could prove it through the Spirit of God. Not only through the Bible, but even by historical records. The Bible is our history book. The Bible spoke of the slavery that was going to happen in the Western Hemisphere to us. For us to actually have salvation, we have to return to our heritage. Because by you returning to your heritage, then you will know the Most High for real. Then you will be worshiping Him as it is written. Salvation is of the Jews. This is fundamental. Have you ever heard this in the Catholic Church or any religion? No. This is suppressed. This is kept down. These are, if you pick up your Bible, you're going to see these are red letters of Christ. <laughs> he actually said this. It is important for us to know the identity of Christ and to know that he's actually a son of Israel. Because of the simple fact that in today's society, we think that the Jews were the ones that crucified him. But in fact, it was the Romans. The Romans were the ones that put the nails through his hands and feet. Yes, many of the Jews, which were following Roman practices that were set up in the government by the Romans, they were the ones that rejected Christ and gave him over to the Romans to be crucified. But Peter, Paul, and the apostles and all the believers that were being taught in the beginning, the multitudes that followed Christ, were of Israel. The identity of Christ, according to the scriptures, let's go to Hebrews 7, 14, because we have to understand Christ was a black man that was killed by the Romans who hated the children of Israel because we always knew that we were the chosen people. We knew that the Most High had chosen us and given us a covenant, an agreement that if we kept his commandments, we would be blessed. But if we broke his commandments, we will be cursed. Israel was waiting for their savior to save them out of slavery, out of the poverty that they were going through. It says here in Hebrews 7, 14, for it is evident. That means we have evidence. You could go back into the history and see the lineage of Christ. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. That's one of the tribes of the children of Israel. Our Lord sprang out of Judah. Our people have in their homes an image of a white guy that they think is Christ. But Christ was not Caucasian. Christ was not a white man. And on top of that, some of our people, they don't think Christ to be a Jew. They think he might be a Roman because they watch those movies um, and they see him wearing a toga, a Roman outfit. No, 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 no. That's not our Lord. And the teachings that they think that he was saying is totally different from what the Bible actually says. What they're following is what? If we go to the book of Mark chapter 7, it's going to give us straight the answer out of the mouth of Christ. What has happened to our people? It says here in Mark chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 6. Christ says, he answered and said unto them, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, 
This people honoreth me with their lips. So yeah, they say they're Christian. They say they believe in God and they claim to, you know, be good people. But when you examine what really is happening and how the days that they're celebrating are really satanic and are really against Christ, it shows a whole nother story from what they're saying out of their mouth. When they say, praise the Lord, you know, I love Jesus Christ. He's in my heart and all these different things. It's not real. It's, it's hypocrisy because it says, but their heart is far from me, meaning their minds is not stayed on what the scripture says. How be it in vain do they worship me. And the word vain means for nothing. It's unprofitable. It's worthless, the worship that they're doing. It said, how be it in vain do they worship me? Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So here it is that in our society, any commandment that has been given to us didn't come from the Bible. It actually came from man-made religion. Think about it. You don't celebrate St. Valentine's? Your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend will be upset with you. It's like a commandment. But should it be that way? Christ says this, For laying aside the commandment of God. What do you mean laying aside? Meaning the commandments of God is, they say, we don't got to keep them. We don't got to do any of the holy days of God. But celebrate our days. The ones that we made up. They put the commandments of God to the side. Forget about adultery. Forget about being a whore. Forget about being a whoremonger. Because to be straight up with you, that's really what Valentine's Day is about. That's what Lupercalia was about. And just to prove it to you, what has happened to you, how you have laid aside the commandment of God to become an idolater, a person that worships another God, and to give up purity and marriage and holiness, because the marriage that they teach is not even the marriage of the Bible. According to the Bible, there was no man that will stand and marry you. So this St. Valentine's fairy tale myth about a guy marrying people in secret, like and saying vows, do you take this woman to be your wife? Do you take this man to be your husband? That is not biblical at all. Where was the priest for Adam and Eve? Where was the priest for Isaac and Rebekah? Where was the priest of any marriage that was done according to the laws of God? It doesn't exist. Those traditions are really based on Roman way of life. That's why the word romantic has the word what? Roman in it. Because the way you think of love is not according how God said it. So if we go to the book of Hosea, we're going to see how you lay aside the commandment and have become an idolater, a whoremonger, a whore, an adulterer, etc., etc., I know those words are harsh, right? But, man, it is the truth. And it has to be said so that way when the husband or the wife or the girlfriend or the boyfriend approach you about this day, you could tell them, look, I don't want to celebrate Valentine's because it's, it's for the wrong reasons. Because there's no more Aquila and Priscilla's anymore. There's no more of that sincere love of that unity of a husband and wife. Because when you read about Aquila Priscilla, they agreed they were one for real. They had true love. There's no more of that. There's no more of Abraham and Sarah. 
There's no more of Isaac and Rebecca. There's no more of Jacob with Rachel and Leah. There's no more of those type of beautiful marriages that we read in the Bible and we're like, wow, I want my wife to be like that. And the sister saying, I want my husband to be that way. In Hosea chapter 3 and verse 1, this is what happened to you, Israel. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. What did that say? Go yet, love a woman of her friend, yet an adulteress. What that means, when you say girlfriend, or when you say boyfriend, what you're really saying is that you are an adulteress and he's an adulterer. Why? Well, let's think about it. According to the Bible, the moment that you get married is the moment that you deal sexually in any way with the other gender. That means like, for example, when a man starts talking to a chick, and he rapping, he's, and he's kicking game. He's like, yo, you're so beautiful and whatever he's saying to her. And she is also interested in him. And they kiss and do whatever. The moment that they kissed, the moment that they kissed is the moment that they actually became married, according to the Bible. But what happens in our society? In our society, we're being taught, you got to stand before the priest to actually be considered married. That's not correct. That is not truthful. So what happens when you have a disagreement with Tyrone? Because this, our people are not Aquila Priscilla no more. They're Tyrone and Erica. You know what I'm saying? Tyrone and Erica, you know, get away from me, Tyrone. You know, I don't want you no more. I'm getting tired of your You don't never buy me nothing. So what happens? She don't want you no more. She finds another guy. That new guy starts kissing her, starts doing whatever with her. Isn't that adultery? Yes, it is. That's whoredom. And that guy goes on and moves on to other women and other women and other women. And he's making whores of the sisters of Israel. The Heavenly Father is showing us the reason that happens among our people. This is why you have so many sisters that have had relationships with men. And they go and say, I'm pregnant. But the dude disappears. So now she's stuck raising a boy or a little girl by herself. Because... The thought of what marriage is, is incorrect. If she knew what marriage is, she wouldn't be dealing with that man hastily, right? But even so, she should have understood what comes out of marriage is children. So she should have taken responsibility for actions. And he should take responsibility for his actions as well. Then said the Lord unto me, go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. According to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. What are people into? They're into adultery. They committed adultery against the Lord. The Lord loved us, but we committed adultery against him by going worshiping other gods. When people celebrate Valentine's Day, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, you whining and dining and you getting that wine and you sipping and you, oh man, today's going to be the day that I'm going to be romantic with my woman, but not realizing that that's the day that you're showing adultery, not only to the most high, but to her as well, because you don't consider her to be your wife. 
You're not treating her as your wife. And if you are supposedly married, you're married in, in paper. You marry before a judge or a priest, and you will be willing to divorce her if she crosses a certain line. You find a new chick now, oh, I'm no longer in love with you, I'm in love with her. That means that your love is nothing. The only reason Christ said you could divorce is if she commits adultery against you. That's the only reason that anyone could separate from their husband or wife is for fornication. Fornication is not sex before marriage. The Heavenly Father shows us completely that our people don't know what they're doing. They're caught up in whoredom. Let's go to chapter 4 real quick. So we're in Hosea chapter 4 now, and we're going to read straight to the point. We're going to Hosea chapter 4 and verse 11. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. The minds of our people are messed up. Why? Because to them, whoredom is acceptable. All they're about is, let's drink up, let's wine and dine, and let's commit whoredom. Their minds are messed up. They really don't understand what love truly is, what marriage really is. And for that reason, we have to renew ourselves as the days of old. Let's go back to the laws of the Heavenly Father, which actually teaches us to have long-lasting marriages, where our people do not commit adultery against each other, where they don't commit fornication one against another, where we know that what we're doing is establishing stable households so that we give our children a chance to learn about love instead of seeing hatred, instead of seeing whoredom, instead of seeing mom going in and out, out of the house with a new man all the time going clubbing. None of that confusion would be in our households if we did the commandments of God. So for that, we want to express to our brothers and sisters, come back to your heritage. Come back to the truth and stop following these devilish, wicked days. Because what Paul said, let's go back to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. The Spirit has been telling us this since Moses' time period. That in the latter times, in the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. So you're going to have people that are going to seduce you with, oh, this! don't you think this is cool? It's about love. Don't you think giving your girl candies is okay or whatever? Seducing you in certain ways and not realizing what it's really about. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Of devils. All these days that are supposedly secular, that you might think don't have something to do with a false god or devil, you got to realize that they actually do. Yeah, our people don't look into the origins of these days, but look it up. Lupercalia is a Roman day that was celebrated February 14, which now has become St. Valentine's Day. And don't let some websites deceive you into thinking that it's not, because they're trying to cover up what it's really about. With that, we want to give all praise and honor to the Most High in Christ, and we hope you brothers and sisters enjoyed this class. Subscribe. And hopefully we see you again with a new Renewing Your Days of Old. Shalom.
since you're a righteous woman and I'm an honorable man, I like to be that one that steps up and take your hand, see you, make me smile, I've been watching for a while, when I look I see the future like us raising the child, I see you striving to serve the king, I'm fighting for the same thing, it's not like my father to withhold a good thing to me, you the best wearing boots from now west, every perfect gift is from above so I know I've been blessed, and them skirts don't hurt, though it's modest apparel, reflecting the inner woman so you're far from shallow, I know you know I used to bang, used to run with the gang, used to sleep in the spot, used to carry a Glock, but the Lord had mercy, though the wicked still cursed me, and he seen I was alone, so he gave you to me, Genesis 2 and 18, if I'm king, who my queen, Genesis 2 and 18, if I'm king, you my queen, you're my righteous love, sent from up above, the perfect fit like a hand to a glove, for precious than rubies, nothing like these hoochies who sell their soul for the fame and the luchi, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a mother, you're a wife, you're my righteous love for life, yeah. You're my righteous love for life, yeah You're my righteous love for life, yeah See, it's the fruit of the spirit that got me writing these lyrics No job, you got me feeling all Ephesians chapter 5, 21 You even love my daughter and my son And there's nothing we can't finish once we have begun When the night's darkened, like Abraham did with Sarah I learned to hawking until your fears have been conquered My dreams accomplished, I'm walking with you I'm talking with you, there's nothing we can't solve If ever we have an issue You my mama, I'm your father, you my daughter, I'm your son The two are the same flesh Together we are one, but I'm still ahead You fall back and watch me lead Knowing the virtuous woman is far above Rubies the way, yeah, how it leads Christ And Christ leads me, my sister, I lead you To that place that we ought to be Let us surrender to the power that held back the sea And gave us dry land so our people could be free You're my righteous love Sent from up above the perfect fit Like a hand to a glove More precious than rubies Nothing like these hoochies who sell their soul For the fame and the luchi You're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a mother You're a wife, you're my righteous love for life, yeah, you're my righteous love for life, yeah, you're my righteous love for life, yeah, I dedicate this to Eve, Sarah and Rebecca, Rachel and Leah, Shivera and Pours, Zipporah and Miriam, Deborah, the righteous mother Hannah, memory sweet as manna, she was heard of the Lord, the gracious Naomi, grandmother of Obed, grandfather to David the king, the Lord's anointed, the lovely Tamar, who Satan thought the star, who rebuked the wicked before he took it too far, the honorable queen Abigail, that wisdom prevailed, and Saved the whole house from the clutches of hell And the Lord removed the fool and replaced him with a king Benjamin Raven like a wolf and Mordecai raised the queen name Hadassah Queen Esther desired never a crown just for a people to prosper JL the Glorious, Mary and Elizabeth Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus Aquila's Priscilla, the mother of King Lemuel The queens of the kingdom keep giving them hell yeah. my righteous love, sent from up above the Perfect fit like a hand to a glove More precious than rubies Nothing like these hoochies who Sell a soul for the fame and the luchi You're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a mother You're a wife, you're my righteous love for life Yeah, you're my righteous love for life Yeah, you're my righteous love for life Yeah We hope you enjoyed today's class. Do not forget to support the truth. Subscribe and share. Thank you. Thank you.